Hello and welcome. You're now listening to the first episode of the 2028 Podcast, your one-stop hub for getting quality content to become the next millionaire investor. I'm Vince. And I'm Tizen, and we'll be leading you through our digestible SWOT analysis on complex business operations, and we'll judge whether they'll sink or swim. Between the two of us, we have 10 years of solid business analytical experience, and we want to impart with you the tools necessary to not just survive, but thrive as an investor. Hey Vince, did you know that Tesla is actually not the most hyped EV company? Hmm, it's Neo, right? Yeah. So as of 2020, for some reason, Neo is the most hyped and anticipated companies of 2020, and everyone is trying to get a piece of it. Now let me ask you this. Have you bought any shares of it? You know, it's funny that you ask. I actually did. I bought a couple of shares when they were around 35 bucks a share. Oh, okay. And actually today. I've got a solid return of 23%. Not bad, not yeah, bad I'm at all. pretty happy with that. I actually went a little bullish on them myself. Mm. I got them for around uh, 29 bucks, And as of right now, I'm at around a 48% return. You just said 48% return for a couple of months worth of work? About a month and a half. Dude, that's a, uh, that's an investor's dream right there. That's pretty good if you think about it. Cause yeah, I mean, what? like what? Typically, you a good year, if you get a 48% return in a year, that's amazing. But a few months worth of work, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. All right, let me ask, are you still buying into Neo right now? Uh, at the moment, not really. Because no? I have a feeling that they're going to drop to the mid-20s. You think the mid-20s? So at that point, you're probably going to buy some more shares of Neo. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I mean, you know, there there's some other factors that's going to go into it. But uh, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit later, right? Sounds like a plan. So that brings us to today's episode, guys. Today, we're going to be talking about Neo, one of the most hyped EV companies. So let's get a little bit into it, shall we? Yeah. So what exactly is Neo? Well, for those that don't know what NEO is, NEO is a premium Chinese EV company. It was founded by this guy named William Lee in 2014. Now, Tizen, did you know William Lee goes by a name called the Elon Musk of China? Who? The owner of NEO? Yeah, the owner of NEO. That's his nickname. Huh. Mm-hmm. Now, is it because NEO is basically Tesla in China? Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, like how Elon Musk is very eccentric, he's very enthusiastic, he's mm-hmm. driven. Same with William Lee. Hmm. He was able to bring Neo to where it is today in only a matter of six years. That's not bad at all mm-hmm. if you look at it. And today, Neo, their headquarters is located in Shanghai, China. Now, I do know that they have multiple locations, right? They do. All over the world. Mm-hmm. Now, what Neo basically focuses on is EV vehicles. Yeah. They only produce EV. Now, before Neo began, there was another company called Next EV, and they were actually heavily involved with the FIA Formula E championships. Oh, so that's a race car. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically a single-seater motorsport championship mm-hmm. that only uses electric vehicles. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Next EV wanted to release a sports car called the EP9. Okay. So they actually did not want it put it under their name. Okay. Next EV. Mm-hmm. So they decided to create another company mm-hmm. called Neo. Mm. And the day that Neo was brought up, mm-hmm. they released the EP9 under Neo. So Tizen, uh, let me just get this straight because I think you threw out a whole bunch of information our way. So Next EV, they are a sports car company, and they decided to manufacture another sports car, EP9. Now, when the EP9 was manufactured, they decided to have it under this umbrella company called Neo. And Neo and NextEV are now two separate companies, where Neo is a ma- is a manufacturer and builder of cars, and NextEV is more of the race car team. 
basically Neo's sports car, which is the mm-hmm. EP9, mm. is ran by only Next EV. Gotcha. Yep. And to date, Neo has three main vehicle productions, hmm. and they're the ES6, uh-huh. the ES8. And the new 2020 model, the EC6. Dang. That's actually really impressive considering that they have three vehicle lines for a company that started in 2014. It is. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. What's confusing to me is the names of the vehicles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you, but the ES6, ES8, EC6. Yeah, they sound so familiar. You know, when we did research for this company, I got them confused. Like, even right now, I can't, like, put them all in, in order. No. But, I mean, that's Neo. Mm-hmm. And so, let's begin talking about Neo's strengths. So, one of their major strengths is that they are a Chinese company that currently trades in the New York Stock Exchange. I mean, they're not the only EV Chinese company that does this. Say, for example, they have Li Autos, Xping. I think those are the three main, or the two main ones. Yeah. But it's a pretty impressive feat, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Now, during inception, uh, several main companies were the first to invest in Neo. And there's this one company I think you guys will all know. It's Lenovo. Lenovo was one of the first companies to invest in Neo. Lenovo as in like the, the computer, computer company. Really? Exactly, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And as of today, the top three industrial owners of Neo are Bailey Gifford & Co., BlackRock Fund Advisors, and the Vanguard Group. Now, Tizen, you know what's funny? Those three groups are American companies. Mm-hmm. BlackRock is a hedge fund company. Vanguard is, well, it's Vanguard. And Bailey Gifford & Co., that's also an American company. See, Bailey, Guilford, and Co., for some reason, I Mm -hmm. feel like they're one of the major investors in Tesla as well. They are. They are. I believe they are also one of the top industrial owners of Tesla as well. Hmm. And actually, according to Forbes, their founder, William Lee, also owns a good 14% of NIA. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, Vin, so like I said earlier, they have many branches around the world. They actually have seven, and they're in Shanghai, Hefei, Beijing, San Jose, Munich, and Oxford. Now, the one in Shanghai is their main headquarters and their R&D division for their product models. Now, the one in Hefei is also another headquarters, but they also do advanced manufacturing. Now, that's basically where they're produced, and we'll get to that in a moment. The one in Beijing is their headquarters for their software development. And the one in San Jose in North America specializes in advanced technologies, which is basically autonomous driving. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And the one in Munich does global design. And finally, the one in Oxford, which primarily focuses on the performance and advanced concepts. Basically, the EP9. Ah, so that kind of like brings us to the beginning or the top of the episode where we talked about uh, that company. What was the company called? Uh, Next EV. Next EV. Yeah, so as of November 2020, they currently have three models available, mm-hmm. but they are only available in China. So if I wanted to get one, I can't because I'm from the United States? You can't, as of right now at least. Okay. Hopefully in the future, mm-hmm. they will be, but we'll get more into that in a little bit. Now, their first car that w- they produced was the ES8. The ES8. Didn't they produce the EP9 earlier? Yeah, so they produced the EP9, which is a supercar, mm. but the thing is that's not available for the public. It's only for next EV. So I guess the best equivalent is like the Tesla Roadster, which is the supercar that Tesla made. That's Neo's equivalent. Yeah, so that's basically the equivalent. But remember, the Roadster was available to the public. Mm, gotcha. You know, the EP9 is just specifically for Next EV. Okay. It's basically for their Formula E. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So their ES8 
It's actually a six or seven seater vehicle. It's kind of like a minivan ish. It's a minivan ish. Yep. Like but it's like an SUV, yeah. Okay. And it was actually produced in uh, June of 2018. So not too long ago. Hmm. And that was our first car, remember? Yeah. So as of quarter three of 2020, they've delivered almost around 26,000 ES8s. Gotcha. And their biggest program that they do is the battery swaps. The battery swaps? Well, hold on. So what is the battery swap? So essentially, you know how Tesla in the, be- in the beginning, like, earlier on they talked about having stations where they would swap batteries i heard about that yeah Yeah. so apparently neo has been doing that for a while no shit yep as of today they have almost 150 battery swap stations Whoa, that's actually yep. pretty cool. Hold on, so for these battery swaps, it takes about like, what, five minutes, 10 minutes to complete a battery it swap? It takes a total of four minutes and 28 seconds. Whew, that's actually pretty that's cool. That's it. That's that's really quick. I mean, like what, compared to the Tesla, where the Tesla, a supercharger would take around 40 minutes to charge up a battery. Mm-hmm. This takes, what, five minutes to actually get your battery good to go? Yeah. Hmm. And here's the craziest thing. They've started building the battery swap stations before, okay, before they started releasing the ES8s. Wait, wait. So why would they build the infrastructure before the actual vehicle? It doesn't make sense. At least to me, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I've thought about that and mm-hmm. it it kind of didn't make sense. But at the same time, what I think is that they created that in order to create a better system. It's like a better ecosystem for their consumers. So mm-hmm. that way, when they do get the vehicle, it's more convenient for them. Yeah. So what's crazy is that they actually have battery swap stations every three kilometers. Really? And that is that located all over China? No, it's actually located in Shaxing in Guangdong. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's basically their area that they started the battery swap program in. Gotcha. Yeah, so that was their ES8s. Mm. Now, their second vehicle was the EC6. The EC6, I need to really get these names together. The EC6 is a five-seater vehicle. Okay. And that was produced not too long after the ES8. It was actually produced in December of 2018. Wait, so only a few months after? Yeah. Huh, interesting. Which is which means that they've they've been working on it for a while. Yeah. Know? And as of quarter three of 2020, mm-hmm. they've delivered almost 31,000 of the EC6s. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah, and it looks like the EC6 is actually more popular than the ES8s. Really? Yeah. So if you think about it, the ES8, as of right now, has delivered about 26,000. While as the EC6 have delivered 31,000. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Now, the EC6 is a smaller vehicle. I'm guessing people prefer that. I guess so. So if you think about it, so for the EC6s, since its inception, their deliveries have increased close to 1,500 cars per quarter. So let me get this straight. So say, for example, if quarter one was zero cars, quarter two would be 1,500 cars, and quarter three would be 3,000 cars. Yeah. So they're and growing so, at, okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. They're growing pretty exponentially. Now, their latest vehicle is actually the ES6, which is a five-seater. And if you were to try to compare that to one of the cars that we have, mm-hmm. it's actually is equivalent to the BMW M5. That's a nice car. It's that a very is beautiful a nice car. car. Now, the ES6 was produced not too long ago, actually, in June of 2020. And last quarter, they delivered 16 of them. So it's fairly new. Hold on, let me get this straight. So they delivered six, 16 cars last quarter? Mm-hmm. That's pretty little. I mean, if you think about it, it was a brand new car. Mm, it's a brand new line. Yeah, they, re- they just p- started producing in June of 2020. Gotcha. So, okay. Makes, Makes sense. sense. So I'm guessing 
the next quarter, the fourth quarter of 2020, mm-hmm. they should have anywhere between, you know, 15 to 2,500 gotcha. of the ES sixes. Makes sense. So they do have those three vehicles that's available as of right now, obviously in China, mm-hmm. but they're actually in the talks of bringing in another four different models. Another four vehicles? Yeah. Wait, hold on. So a company that just started in 2014 and to date has already produced three new lines. They're trying to produce another four more models? Yeah. And one of them is supposed to be super affordable. That's actually pretty cool. Yep. And what's cool about these cars is that they're actually built with an onboard AI. And they're called Nomi Mate 2.0. Hold on. Can you talk a little bit more about this uh, AI? Yeah. So basically what Nomi is, is it's an AI that's... In the front of your dashboard. Okay. And basically, I think it's kind of creepy because it Mm -hmm. looks like two eyes staring at you. Really? Yeah. And no matter where you're sitting, Mm -hmm. uh, let's say you get in the car, right? Yeah. The eyes will look at you and welcome you. Interesting. Now, I don't know about you, but I just find that a little creepy. And I mean, at one point, it's going to start getting annoying. I guess so. But what's cool is that it's adaptive learning. Mm Mm-hmm. So the more you drive, the more you use it, it'll learn your routes. It'll learn your routines. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it's kind of scary, but hey, that's pretty cool. That's unheard of. Well, it's funny that you mentioned it about the AI because Neo, they actually have another kind of AI. It's called Neo Pilot. Hmm. Now, I mean, if you know about Tesla, Tesla already has their autonomous driving capabilities. Mm-hmm. What Neo is trying to do is they're also trying to do the same thing, which brings into what you said about their headquarters located in San Jose. Mm-hmm. San Jose, right? Yeah, San Jose. San Jose. So the reason why they have a headquarters in San Jose is because they want to test out their Neo Pilot program. Now, the Neo Pilot program is an auto drive program with lane keeping, adaptive cruise control lane departure warnings, and automatic emergency braking. What's really nice is that, just like with Tesla, you can actually use the Neopilots to help drive you around. So similar to Tesla. Exactly, similar to Tesla. So Tesla, they pretty much don't have any competition with their autonomous driving. What Neo is trying to do is they're trying to dethrone them and provide good competition. Will it happen? Who knows? So while doing research for Neo, we've noticed that in their financials, they have a really large asset base, which is actually pretty good for solvency. So for what is solvency? For those that don't know, solvency is pretty much the ability to cover up your liabilities that a company may have. In quarter three of 2020, Neo's current assets reported to be, hold on, <laughs> I had to double look at that. It's $3.87 billion in current assets. Almost $4 billion? Almost $4 billion. Yeah. And the current liabilities is $1.6 billion. Now, for a startup, okay. that's phenomenal. That's beyond phenomenal. That's really good. So a major strength that Neo has, as Atiza, as you talked about earlier before, is they actually focus a lot on their consumer experience. Mm-hmm. They actually developed a whole other infrastructure before they actually started producing the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Now, it's phenomenal because... Neo provides customer service to their consumers. In fact, they, right out of the gate, you are eligible to get two packages. You have the owner's right package that every Neo owner will get. And then if you want to, you can get the more premium package, which is called the energy free package. Which is basically known as a worry free package. Exactly. Now, the worry free package that would cost someone 980 yuans per month or the equivalent of 142 US dollars per month. Now, Tizen, the owner's right package, the package that every Neo owner would get. What does that entail? 
So it's basically uh, free power-ups. Mm-hmm. Not free power-ups, but free remote power-ups for life, which it's not really unlimited, but it's up to 12 times a year. So those f- remote power-ups, what, what are they? So essentially what they are is, okay, so let's say you're at the office, right? Yes. And your car is running really low on battery. Mm-hmm. And you got to get home, but you, you're worried that you might not have enough power to get home. What you can do is you can go on your phone, go on their app, and request a remote power-up. Okay. And when you request one, mm-hmm. they will send out a mobile power bank. Basically, okay. it's a van that is filled with batteries. Mm-hmm. And they'll come to your car and plug it in and mm-hmm. basically charge your car. Now, 10 minutes of power is equivalent to about 100 kilometers, which is essentially 60 miles. That's not bad. Which, I mean, that's more than enough. Yeah. If you're in a hurry or... If you really need it. So like as a brief recap, that program, the free remote power up is essentially just a power electrical van coming to your car and just charging it up for you. Yep. And as a regular owner without the worry for your package, Mm -hmm. you can do that up to 12 times a year. Gotcha. And they also have that uh, battery swap program. And this is their second package that they oh no this no, is the second this program is part that of they, the second program of the owner's rights every the new owner that yeah. every new owner has okay they can do uh up to six battery swaps per month but only the first car owners can do that so if i were to buy a used neo i'm not eligible to do that no you're not eligible to do that but if you were to get the worry-free program mm. The worry-free package. Now, just as a recap, the worry-free package, that's a paid version. That's a paid version. Okay. Yeah. So basically what the worry-free package consists of is uh, the free power-up service. Mm -hmm. But this time you can do 15 remote power-ups per month. Okay. Okay. And what's super nice is the power-up quota is at 1,000 kilowatts per month. Hmm. Per month. Okay. Now, so what does that mean? Now, that that's equivalent to about 3,500 miles per month of free power-ups. But when you say free, that means just within the package. Yeah, within the package. That's so amazing. That's still really good. Yeah. Now, Tesla has something similar to this mm-hmm. where they do 1,000 kilowatts of free energy, mm-hmm. but that's per year. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Dang. I mean, for the price of what? Like 140 Yeah, for, for effectively $142 per month. You could have 3,500 miles. That's pretty good. That's all you need. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the battery swaps in their their programs because to date, they've actually already completed 500,000 swaps. Probably more as of now. Yeah. Now, as a consumer, that's phenomenal that you're able to get all of these services. And like you said, customer service is a great core pillar of their business model. I mean, you know, Tesla wanted to do this program, but... They just never pulled through. No, they never did. Something that Neil was able to actually accomplish. Now, going back to Neil's financials, we've actually take, uh, taken a look at Neil's R&D spending. Now, for those of you who don't know what R&D is, it's basically research and development. It's very important because research and development really attests to how much a company's spending towards their future. So looking back into Neo's R&D spending, since 2019 quarter one, they have consistently been spending over $500 million Basically half quarter. a billion. Half a billion every quarter. And what's funny, in 2019 quarter four, they've spent $3.99 billion in R&D. Now, I mean, they released two vehicles in 2018 and only one vehicle in 2020. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what were they spending that much amount of money into? You know, I have a theory, but I think we'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay. 
And looking again at their vehicle sales margin, in 2020 quarter two, they've recently become positive at 9.68%. In 2020 quarter three, they have been positive at 14.88%. Now, for those that don't know, vehicle sales margin is how much money the company's making per vehicle. Now we look back at uh, NEO's financials, and what we've noticed is that NEO's vehicle sales margin have recently become positive. Now looking at their numbers, in 2020 quarter one of this year, their margin was negative, negative 7.42%. However, in quarter two of 2020, it's positive 9.68%. And in fact, in quarter three of 2020, it's positive 14.48%. Now that is significant news. Now, for those that don't know what sales margins are, Tyson, what are they? So basically what it is, is it's profit percents. So for example, let's say I'm selling phones, right? Mm -hmm. And it costs me $1,000 to make the phone. Yes. But I'm selling it for $800, right? So essentially my sales margins would be negative 20 because I'm losing 20% of it. Mm. But let's say I make it for a thousand, but I sell it for a thousand three hundred, right? My sales margins would be 30% positive. Gotcha, okay, that makes sense. So positive is a good thing. That means you're making money from the things you're producing. You're finally making profit. Exactly, that. now what's significant is that Neo only recently has become positive, mm -hmm. which is great news. And typically for a startup, you don't really see a positive margin for a while. Mm -hmm. yeah. It usually takes a while. Now overall, those are some pretty good strengths for a new and up and coming company. They seem like they know what they're doing and they know how to move forward. So those are some actually pretty good strengths. You know, for an up and coming company, that's actually really good. And you know what, they really know what they need to do to go forward. Mm -hmm. However, with any other, with any company, they do have some flaws. They do have some weaknesses, and Neo is no exception to that. Which now brings us to their weaknesses. So this first weakness that we're going to really be hashing out, it depends upon your point of view. If you're long with Neo, this could be considered a strength. However, if you're short with Neo, this could be considered a weakness. Now, Vince, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. For those that don't know, right? What does it mean when you're short or long? Yeah, that's a very good question. It, what it means to go it's long. It's an investing term, right? It's an investing mm -hmm. term. So if you want to go long, that means you want to buy and hold a share of a company and hold it for a very long time because you believe that the company will do well in the long haul. However, if you're short with the company, you believe that the company's price will fall down. So that means you want to sell them as fast as you can. In 2020 quarter three, Neo has delivered 53,000 vehicles. Now in that quarter, 10.8 of their operating expenses went to R&D. That equates to $590 million. Now we want to compare this R&D expenditure to another company. And the company that we want to compare it to was Tesla. We decided to find a time period of when Tesla deliveries are equivalent to Neo's. And that time period was 2014 quarter four. Now at that time, 27.6% of their operating expense went towards R&D, which equates to $467.7 million. Now, another weakness that Neo has, they are basically buying and holding materials longer than the average automaker. So that means that their operations are still pretty inefficient. Yeah, it's bad because why? Well, it'll cost them more to store the materials itself. That's not good. That's not good. So here's another weakness. Believe it or not, Neo is only produced in China and they only sell in China. Huh. And year to date, they've only delivered 54,000 vehicles. Only 54,000 vehicles? 54,000, that's it. For a company that's valued way over several billion dollars. That's it. That's, I that mean, so, my so mind. it makes you wonder, what's this hype about? I guess we'll find out. We'll see. 
Here's another thing. They actually don't have their own factory. They actually partnered with another company called Jack Motors. So when they first started in 2016, Neo partnered with them and they basically created the first model, which was the ES8. And the terms that Jack Motors set with Neo was that Neo had to pay Jack a fee for every single vehicle that came off their line, plus they had to pay for their entire operating losses for the first three years. That's such a that's such a weird deal to have. And I don't think that at that point they're partners. It's more like Jack is taking full advantage of Neo. For for those who don't know, Jack Motors is actually a manufacturing company. So you're saying that Neo itself is not a, they don't manufacture their cars themselves. It's yeah. actually Jack Motors that manufactures Neo's cars. Yeah. So let me ask, how much has Neo paid Jack Motors? Before Neo went public, mm-hmm. and they went public in June of 2018. Neil paid over $14.5 million to Jack Motors. Wow. And that was in fees. You know, I did hear that in order for Neo to reduce their overhead costs, they actually wanted to create their own factory. However, due to the plans and like the planning phase, they realized that it was too expensive to create. So in March 2019, they canceled those plans to create their own factory. And to make matters even worse, Neo's equity was dropping like no other. In fact, by 2020 quarter two, Neo had their equity dropped by negative, negative $819 million. In order to fix this negative equity issue, because Neo was about to go under, they recruited the help of this group called the Strategic Investors. So you guys might be asking, who are these strategic investors? Well, they consist of four different companies. They are Huafei City Construction, Investments Holding Co. Limited, CMG SDIC Capital Co. Limited, and remember this name, Anhui Providential Emerging Industries Investments Co. Limited, aka China. Now, here's where things get a little tricky. So, with this deal, what Neo had to do was they had to transfer all their assets to a company called Neo China. Hold on, so Neo China is a different company than Neo. Yes. Okay. So Neo had to transfer all of their assets to that company, hmm. Neo China. Okay. And Neo will retain 75.9% ownership of Neo China, but the strategic investors will own 24.1% mm. ownership. So what that means is that Neo will retain 75.9% ownership of Neo China, while the strategic investors will own 24.1% ownership. That's a lot of ownership. That's a lot of ownership. But what's nice is that Neo will be able to buy back 15% ownership from the strategic investors. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. But the rest will permanently be with strategic investors. Now, here's where the conspiracy theories start to come in. So what happened? After this cash infusion of $1 billion, Neo and Jack Motors announced that they will now become Jack Neo Manufacturing. Now, what you guys don't know is that Jack Motors is owned 50% by Volkswagen. Volkswagen? Volkswagen. Like Volkswagen. The, Ger- the German company, Volkswagen, yeah. Mm. Tease them. This is where the other, this is where the scary stuff comes in. The other 50% is owned by the government of Anhui, AKA China. Anhui. Anhui. You, 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 mean, you mean from the strategic investors? The strategic investors who invested in Neo originally. So they also 
are half owners of Jack. Exactly. Whoa. Uh-huh. Whoa. So why? Wait, yeah. Why is it so significant? Well, so the Chinese government is trying to. Exactly. So the Chinese huh. government tried to kind of gave Neo the crappy end of the deal originally. Now, who comes to save Neo? The government of China. And you know what's funny? The reason why Volkswagen and the government of Anhui own Jack, well, the reason why is because the government of Anhui wants to learn all of Volkswagen's EV tech. Also, they are part owners of Neo, so they also want to get part of their EV tech. Now, from what I read, mm-hmm. China wants to become fully EV in 2030. Exactly. Right? Yes. So they will be a full EV country. No. So they so their thing is that they want they're only going to sell EV vehicles by 2030. Oh, okay. Oh no, they're going to sell fuel efficient cars in 2030, but half of those fuel efficient cars are going to be EV vehicles. Ah, interesting. Some of Neil's weaknesses are actually opportunities. What do you mean by that? Well, actually, if you remember the loan that Neo took from the strategic investors, the one billion, right? Yes. Well, in September of 2020, Neo actually offered to buy 8.6% of Neo China back from the strategic investors. How much did they offer? They've offered $357 million. Now, if that deal gets approved, Neo will now have 84.5% controlling equity. Of Neo China. Of Neo China. Okay. So they're still pending, mm-hmm. but it's most likely to happen. So here's actually a fact that can be a weakness, but also an opportunity. So William Lee actually wanted to bring Neil to America, but because of this whole COVID pandemic and the tension that's going on between the U.S. and China right now, they were unable to do that. But as a result of that, Neil decided to launch their cars in Europe. Now, what's cool is that Neil launched an overseas project. And it's called Marco Polo. Hmm. Now, Vince, do you know who Marco Polo is? Yes. Yeah, so Marco Polo was a merchant in the 13th century. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he effectively was a merchant between Europe and China. Yep. And he performed a whole bunch. He traveled along the Silk Road and did his um, trades over there. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, they created this program. And basically what that program allows them to do is to enter the European market. Now, they're rumored to begin in Denmark. What their goal is, is to sell 7,000 of their ES8s and ES6s within two years of inception. Nice. Uh, So let me ask, do you know when Marco Polo is supposed to take effect? So rumors are that they're going to start taking effect in the second half of 2021. That's pretty cool. That's That's really soon. That's really soon. That's right there. That's around the corner. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is around the corner. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Marco Polo is because Neil really wants to go to a different market, a different revenue stream. Mm-hmm. And what's pretty cool about William Lee, he doesn't just stop at uh, Europe. He also wants to get within a different market in China as well. In fact, the Neil Power Program that he uh, talked about earlier before, mm-hmm. well, actually, they're not just going to stick with Neo consumers. They want to have a different market with other EV vehicle owners. So just like the charging stations at like malls that we see today. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty smart, actually. Just like it's not specific to one specific car company. It's for many different cars. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. What's also really cool about Neo is that they don't just stop with their market. They also look towards their future. 
what they have done is that they invested in this company called Innovision. Mm -hmm. Now, for those that don't know, Innovision is a two-year-old startup that is primarily focused on lighter technology. Oh, okay. So lighter technology is effectively, it's pretty much on any modern day iPhone and it produces a 3D scan around you. So it measures depth. Exactly, it measures depth. And what they want to do is, Neo wants to incorporate this LiDAR technology into their new vehicles. Mm. Yeah. So basically for their autonomous driving. Exactly. And you know what, Tizum? It just does not stop there. You remember how we said that Neo partnered with Jack to be a manufacturer? Mm -hmm. Well, Jack's owner is Volkswagen. Now, the entire reason why Volkswagen is the owner of Jack is because Volkswagen wants to develop their EV vehicle technology. Now, the fact that Neo has partnered with Innovision, they also have it in with Volkswagen and their EV tech. Mm. So they have so many different networking opportunities to develop their EV technology, which is great because Tesla pretty much has themselves. However, Neo has Innovision and they have Volkswagen. That's pretty cool. But here's the thing. China actually plans to make all of their vehicles sold mm. in like uh, 2035. You briefly talked about this, right? Yeah, they, they want to create an eco-friendly system. Mm. In 2035, they would like to have at least 50% of the vehicles sold to be electric vehicles. That's pretty ambitious. That's pretty ambitious. And here's the thing. The UK is actually planning on banning the sales of diesel and petrol cars in 2030. No way. So if Neo were to come in, mm -hmm. you know, they would, that's a gold mine for them right there. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, the Marco Polo program, the timing's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Vince, the future of Neo looks pretty good. I mean, yeah, with all the municipality incentives, it appears that Neo will be doing pretty well for themselves in the future. I mean, that's true, but it's not like they don't have any hurdles that they have to overcome. I mean, which brings us to threats. Yeah. They're big threats. The biggest threat is the trade war that's going on between the United States and China. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, the trade war really began with Trump's vision for the United States. And his United States is to put America first. The first thing he really does when he gets into office is he imposes a hard sanction on China. Now, why does he do that? Well, he believes that there is a trade imbalance between uh, China and the United States. Now, this began when the United States imposed $550 billion in tariffs and China put in $185 billion in tariffs. In the end of all this animosity and a lot of heartache, they ended up with the following deal. China will have to purchase $200 billion or more products than in 2017 and China will have to commit to the intellectual property. Now, even though like there is this deal that's going on right now, China has yet to abide by the rules that have been implemented, implemented pretty from this. Another major um, macroeconomic threat that Neo faces is also from the United States, which comes in the form of legislation S-945. The 116. Yes, the 116. Now, this is what everyone's really talking about nowadays because it's like the biggest thing that's going on right now. It pretty much puts threats to any Chinese companies that trade on the U.S. stock exchange, a.k.a. any owners who have bought into a Chinese company, they're kind of at stake. Now, let's break it down. Like, what is this thing? Is it something that we need to be afraid of? Well, it pretty much requires foreign companies to provide access to U.S. auditors to inspect their financial reports. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, you run the risk of being prohibited from being traded on any sort of U.S. stock exchange or any over-the-counter markets. So can you can you just explain that just a little bit more? Yeah. So 
if you were to trade it in the United States, if you were to be a public company, you have to pro provide financial statements. Mm -hmm. However, if you're a foreign country, you're rules don't are not as heavily in, implemented as it is in the in the United States. Now what the United States wants to do, their main goal is to prevent fraud from occurring. So that what they want to do is they have you they want to have US auditors go into foreign financial reports and perform an audit to make sure that all the numbers that they're reporting are actually accurate. Because as of right now, if a foreign country isn't audited, you don't know if what they're reporting is actually correct. Or if the auditors are actually doing it. Correctly. By the rules. Exactly, yeah. So why is it such a big worry? Well, like we said before, it's such a big worry if these foreign companies will be able to trade their stocks in the New York Stock Exchange. Funding from the United States is such a valuable source of funding. And if you can't do that, you're not going to get extra money. Let's take an example of NEO. NEO was able to raise $1.77 billion from U.S. investors. That's a loss of access to a whole lot of funding. Now, here's another macroeconomic threat that came from the United States. And this comes from the effect of the Executive Order 13959. And it was posted on November 12th by Donald Trump. Well, he wants to prohibit the trade of any sort of securities or any sort of security derivatives that have any ties with any sort of communist China military companies. What does that mean? That's actually a pretty good question. Well, it means that if, any, if the company has any real ties to the communist China, mm -hmm. that's a no-go because the U.S. doesn't want to indirectly fund Chinese military operations. Now, that's not looking good for Neil because uh, no. Anway. Anway, yeah. But the thing is, this doesn't take effect until January 11th, 2021. So they have some time to figure this out or really prove that the government of Anway, that funding won't go towards the Chinese communist military. Mm. So it's really up in the air, but it's a pretty big threat if really unaddressed. Now, let's go into more of an in-house threat that they have. One of their biggest things is that they put a hold on their autonomous driving program. They, why would they put a hold on that? Well, they put a hold on it back in 2019 because they had huge amounts of layoffs in their American branch. So let me now, get this right. The American branch was responsible for their autonomous driving program. Yeah. Okay. So... They've had shortage of money, and that's when, you know, their equity went down. Ah, that makes know? sense. Yeah. So they had to do layoffs, and they put the autonomous driving program on hold. Now, that really puts them behind Tesla when it comes to autonomous driving. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, now that they have money, mm -hmm. which is basically the $1 billion that they've collected yes. from the strategic investors, plus the $1.7 billion that they gained from the ABSs of their stocks— they are now able to restart that program. Mm, that's mm -hmm. good. So that's pretty good. Didn't you say that they partnered up with another company? Yeah, they partnered up with a company called Mobileye. Mobileye. Mobileye is an Intel company. So the fact that they partnered up with Innovision, more or less with Volkswagen, and now with Mobileye. Wow. They are really putting a whole bunch of effort into their autonomous driving. I mean, this is a big threat because if you think about it, there's other competitors like, mm -hmm. you know, Tesla and Lucid. Yes. That are working on stage four autonomous driving. Man. And so I don't know much. if you noticed, but Tesla actually released a beta version of their level four autonomous driving. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So they're pretty far behind. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I mean, we'll see what happens. So one of their biggest threats right now is Tesla. Because... The American company. The American company. Because I mean... 
you know, Tesla's already an established EV company. I thought Tesla was already in the United States and Neil was in China. Yeah, but here's the thing. Tesla actually started a China factory and it's actually already built. No. Yeah. So this will allow Tesla to actually sell their vehicles in China and plus at a lower price because to the shipping tariffs. So Tesla found a way to get around the, the imposed U.S. San, uh, sanctions or the U.S. tariffs on yeah. China mm -hmm. by selling directly to China. Yeah. That's pretty wild. So now they can easily trade with Europe, China, you wow. know, the whole area. Jeez. Which is a big, huge threat. I mean, I know Neo. I know that uh, Neo is growing exponentially, mm -hmm. but the fact that Tesla's already established, mm -hmm. that's a really big threat. Yeah. And here's the thing that you need to take into consideration. Now, Tesla already figured out a way to make the Model Y mm -hmm. in China, and it's actually priced lower than Neo's ES6. Oh, no. Now, the ES6 is equivalent to about $52,000. Okay. Right? Not bad. Now, Tesla, they've created the Model Y in China to be priced at $41,000. $41,000. Yeah, that's that's over $10,000 <sighs> man of savings. Now, you know, Tesla had some stuff that went wrong. Like, you know, they had a bunch of cars that were caught on fire. Okay. But they were able to quickly fix that. A thing that happened with Neo was that last year they actually recalled 5,000 vehicles. And the thing is, they recalled them because they had multiple fires. That's not good. That's not that's, good. That's bad. Now, I'm hoping they fixed it. Yeah. I have no idea what the details are about that because mm -hmm. it's not released yet. Yeah, it's not a good uh, PR, PR move. And guys, that was our SWOT analysis of Neo. So let's just recap real quick. For their strengths, they are traded in the New York Stock Exchange. One of their popular investors is Lenovo, the computer company. Their top three institutional owners are Bailey, Guilford & Co., BlackRock Fund Advisor, and the Vanguard Group, which are actually investors for Tesla itself. Now, they do have seven branches, and they are in Shanghai, Hefei, Beijing, San Jose, Munich, and Oxford. And they have three models available to the public, which is the ES8, the EC6, and the ES6. One of their unique features that they have in their vehicle is a built-in AI known as a Nomi Mate 2.0. And they also have Neopilot, which is the same as Autopilot for Tesla. So one of the greatest strengths that they have is that they have an amazing customer service outreach program. And they also have a battery swap program with over 150 stations in 58 Chinese cities. All right, let's quickly recap their weaknesses. In quarter three of 2020, 10.8% of their operating expense went towards R&D. Additionally, only 54,000 vehicles were sold in China. Now, NIO is not a manufacturing company, so they partnered up with Jack and they had a very crappy deal. In quarter two of 2020, NIO had an equity balance of negative $800 million. Now, in order to fix this, they sold 24% of their equity to this group called Strategic Investors. One of the investors is Anhui. Let's quickly go into their opportunities. Neil is pending approval to buy back 8.6% from the Strategic Investors. And once they do, they will have an 84.5% controlling equity in Neil. Instead of bringing Neil to America first, they decided to launch an overseas program called Marco Polo, which is rumored to be in Copenhagen, Denmark, which would start sales in the European market. 
Neo invested in a company called InnoVision, which would bring LiDAR technologies to their vehicles. One of their greatest opportunities is the fact that China plans on making all their vehicles sold in 2035 eco-friendly, which means they want 50% of their vehicles to be electric vehicles. Plus, the UK is planning on banning the sale of petrol and diesel vehicles in 2030. Now, as a quick recap for the threats, NEO faces three major threats from the United States. They come in three forms. The first one, trade war. The second one, legislation S-945. And the third one from the United States, the new executive order. Now, these threats also just don't come from the United States. There has been a halt on their autonomous driving. China. Now, China is also a part owner of NEO. And finally, and last but not least, their biggest threat is Tesla. Tesla has recently come into the Chinese market, and it's rumored that the Model Y will be much cheaper than the NEO cars. Well, that's a recap of our SWOT analysis. Mm -hmm. Vince, let me ask you this. Do you think NEO will sink or swim? You know, it's funny that you ask that. I think in the short term, I think they'll sink. But that question poses many different layers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important that we dive into it. Mm -hmm. Because in the short term, yeah, I do think they'll sink. But in the long haul, I think they'll swim. Mm -hmm. Let me explain why. Short term, I think they've missed a great huge opportunity by going into the European market first rather than the U.S. market. Well, here's the thing. They didn't do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. Because the only reason why they had to go to the European market first was because of the trade wars and the legislation and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I do think that the Marco Polo project is actually pretty good because of the mm-hmm. fact that UK wants to start banning petrol and diesel vehicles in 2030. Yeah, I do. I do see what you're saying. And it, I guess it does make sense for... Because it's like a benefit, you know, yeah. they're the ones trying to get in there first. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Tesla do have cars there, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're shipped. Yeah, that's true. And the tariffs that they impose on that, it just makes price that much higher. Mm-hmm. But I do get it because they did start... Because Tesla did start a factory in China. They did. Which would actually make it easier mm-hmm. and cheaper for them to. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because the fact that Tesla now has a super factory in China means that the tariffs are so much lower. And in fact, based on our research, we realized that the Tesla Model Y, the Chinese version, is $41,000. Now, the Neo ES6 costs $54,000. And that's the same as the Model Y, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the fact that the Model Y is so much cheaper, so much more affordable for the average consumer. It makes more sense that the average Chinese citizen would actually buy the Model Y. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because mm-hmm. we did look at how much the average Chinese citizen makes, mm-hmm. and they actually make ninety thousand yuan's yes. per year, mm-hmm. which comes to around eight thousand five hundred yuan's a month. Now, the craziest thing is if you were to go into Neo's website uh-huh. and try to buy, let's say, the cheapest car, yes. which is the Neo ES six, mm-hmm. right? Your monthly payments yeah. will actually come to 8,350 yuans per month. Now, it's important that we talk, say that it is amortized over five years at 14%. Now, that rate is a little bit higher, but that's the but best rate. But it's the average rate. Yeah, it's the average rate that you would get in China if you want to amortize or you, if you want to finance the vehicle. Now, because of that, we realize that the average Chinese citizen is unlikely to get the car because that means their disposable income would be $250 to buy just random stuff, to buy groceries. I'm assuming that's not a lot of money. You don't want to spend a good 80-90% of your income on a car and everything else for home. Now, here's the thing that you need to realize, Vince. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neo is actually technically considered a luxury EVV. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's not really targeted mm-hmm. to the average 
Chinese citizen. No, their their major companies are in Beijing, they're Shenzhen, Guangdong, where the average cost of living is going to be 15,500 15, yuans, or the average take-home salary of 239,000 yuans. Per person. Per, per Exactly, yeah. Per so person. a family of four, right? Yes. They would be like bringing in close to like 400 yuans. Exactly, yeah. So it, it Which they can They afford. can afford it, yeah. But going back to that example again, in between the Tesla Model Y versus the Neo ES6, I don't know. I see like the Tesla also looks nice, but on the same uh, on the same side. I mean, not the fact affordable. that it looks nice. Yeah. It's already there. It's already there. You know? It's yeah. been there for years. Exactly, yeah. And the fact that it has quite possibly more advanced technology. Exactly. Than Neo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that, yeah, it is ten about $12,000 cheaper. The fact that also... It's funny that you mentioned that they are, Tesla's actually testing uh, testing out their self-driving level four capabilities here in the United States. They, Neo they just released recently, the beta, right? They released the beta, yeah. and Neo's only just recently getting back into onto the horse because mm. they got additional funding because yeah. of the new investors. Now it's also pretty crappy that their funding is technically at risk. Well, let me rephrase that: U.S. funding towards Neo is technically at risk because of all these new legislations that's going on. Mm, that, mm-hmm. that just reminds me of something quickly. Yeah. Uh, a couple of days ago, actually, mm-hmm. Neo just announced that they're going to put in another 60 million shares yes. into the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a Why would they do that? I, I don't know. Like, like I don't know why well, they, they, would... they obviously need the money, but for well, what? I don't know. The fact that maybe more R&D, maybe more infrastructure development. Because the fact that they now partnered up with Jack Motors to develop a new factory mm. and a new system is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking a lot about their weaknesses right now, like how they need extra money, extra funds. But a good opportunity that Neo really has is that they're partnering up with Jack. Now, Jack is owned 50% by the government of Anhui, which also owns Neo. But the other 50% is also owned by Volkswagen. Yeah, and Volkswagen is putting more of their R&D research into Jack, right? Into Jack, yeah. And also with the self-driving capabilities. Mm. So even though the Neo is technically, technically behind Tesla with their self-driving capabilities, they're also partnered up with, in like a second degree, with Volkswagen to get the safe driving, self-driving capabilities, mm. which really accelerates. And also you mentioned Innovision. They've invested heavily into Innovision, a self-driving company. No, no, no. Innovision is actually mm-hmm. the LiDAR company. Which is also associated with self-driving. Yeah. Yes. And they are partnered with, what was it, uh, Mobileye? Mobileye. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Mobileye, okay. They're getting back into it, right? Mm-hmm. But Tesla's already has it. Mm-hmm. You know, Tesla already has level four. They're releasing the beta. Yeah. Which will allow them to yeah. test more in the real world. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably release it way sooner. Mm-hmm. Well, not they probably will. I'm pretty sure they will. Probably by 2021, end of 2021. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's funny that you mentioned that because we did create a prediction model. Yes. And in the prediction model, based on all the information that we've collected, mm-hmm. we came to a conclusion that by quarter four of 2021, mm-hmm. Neil would have delivered 253,000 vehicles. And that's in total. That's in total. That's in total. So that's a pretty big exponential growth because considering that in quarter three of 2020, They've only delivered around 54,000 vehicles. Mm-hmm. In quarter one of 2020, they were able to deliver 3,800 vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. But it was low because of COVID. And in quarter two of 2020, they were able to do 10,300. Mm-hmm. And quarter three, they were able to do 12,200. 
Now, the thing is that they just released the ES6, right? And more people are more prone to buying that because it's actually cheaper than the other two vehicles. Yes. Now, we want to dive deeper and see how Niwa would perform. Now, in order to see that, we decided to create a polynomial regression based upon historical data of total vehicles that were delivered. And from there, we derived this equation. And based on this equation, we were able to predict how many vehicles will be delivered in X quarter, Y quarter, Z quarter. And from that model, actually, we predicted that in quarter four of 2021, they will actually deliver 253,000 vehicles. Now, that's in total. Total That's in total deliveries. Yes. Yeah, so if you were to look at our predictive model, right? Mm -hmm. So from quarter one of 2019 to quarter one of 2020, they've been staying at like a steady rate, right? They have not been growing beyond. And that might be due to like, you know, the fact that they are new Mm -hmm. and the fact that COVID also hit. Yes. Right. But as of second quarter of 2020, they started growing exponentially. Now, in quarter two of 2020, they delivered 10,000 vehicles, Mm -hmm. right? And in quarter three, Mm -hmm. they've delivered 12,000 vehicles. Jeez. Now, here's the thing. They just released the ES6, Mm -hmm. which is actually more popular amongst people because it's a smaller car and it's more affordable than the other ones. Which means you're able to produce like or advertise to a broader Mm -hmm. array of audience. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, based on our model, Mm -hmm. we predicted that next quarter of 2020, so basically quarter four of 2020, they will deliver roughly around 18,000 vehicles. And from there, it'll just exponentially grow. And the fact that they are going into the European market, Mm -hmm. you know. From our model, it it does show that NEO is going to be a well-performing company. But later on. Later on. And you know what? A lot of investors have really also believed the same opinion. Because a lot of people have recently bought into NEO. I bought shares of NEO. You bought shares of NEO. And our prices have just risen up like no other. But here's the thing, too. like. Two weeks ago, mm-hmm. right, Neil was at an all-time high of $55 a share. Yes. Right now, they're actually at 41 and they're dropping. They are dropping. So, for the short term, I think it's a short. Yeah. Because I have a feeling it might go to somewhere in the 20s. Sometime next year, maybe like quarter three or quarter four, their shares might be, you know, 120 to 150 bucks. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. They do have a lot of potentials. They have a whole lot of hurdles to overcome. But they will only get to that point once they do have, once they do get into the European market. Yeah. And if the trade war ends. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the trade war. We've recently changed administrations from the Trump administration now going on to the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. Biden administration will be more receptive of having open communication with China. Yeah, because I mean, they do want to go green. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, the whole thing about Biden's campaign. Yeah. They want to be green friendly. Mm-hmm. And EV is basically as green as it gets. I would be surprised if Neo starts having talks of coming into the U.S. market in the next couple of years. Maybe in the next year. Who, Who knows? knows? Who knows? Yeah. And at that point, when they do breach into the U.S. market, I could definitely imagine a whole lot of people would buy into Neo. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, okay. Okay, Tyson. So with all of this being said, with all of our analysis and our interpretation, I got to ask you, do you think Neo will sink or swim? Well, they might, they might sink because of the fact that they don't have that many vehicles delivered, but yet their prices, their IPOs is skyrocketing at a quick rate. At one point, you know, something's going to happen and their stocks are going to just crash. Yeah. 
you know, and if they're not able to come to the United States, that is basically a majority market. Yeah, like what for any vehicles? Two percent of all vehicle sales in the United States are EV vehicles. Mm-hmm. That's a huge opportunity for Neo to have. Yeah, and Tesla's EV, yes. right? But now the other companies, the other car companies, are turning EV. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the Hummer. Yes, we have the Ford with their yes. EV. You know, so every single company is now turning into EV. If I were an investor or if I want to be an intelligent investor, I would just invest in electric vehicle companies right now because yeah. that literally is the way of the future. I would not invest in oil companies. I wouldn't invest in like any sort of fossil fuels. Just invest in like in green energy. Mm-hmm. That appears to be the way that the world is going towards now. A good investment would be to actually get into ETFs like Drive. Yes. You know? yeah. They basically consist of, you know, EV companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So And EV is booming right now. Exactly, yeah. Honestly, I think if you are younger, like say, example, in your 20s or 30s, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, because eventually, you know, one day, yeah, we are mm-hmm. going to transition to all electric. They will transition. The city-state of Anhui, aka China, owns part of NEO. They will do whatever it takes to make sure that their investment succeeds. Mm. And considering that China really wants to go electric and all EV, they'll give them so many resources at a discounted price. Mm. The fact that they gave a billion dollars to a failing company... And brought them about from the from pretty much bankruptcy just says a lot of China's investment into th- this new technology, and one of their horses that they're betting is Neo. Now, yeah, I do get mm-hmm. that, but you know about the trade war. No, I know? mean, even I, even still with the trade war, yeah, it's true the trade war is going on, but there are two major markets that are going on: the U.S. and China. China is a new and up and coming co- economy right here. It would be naive to believe that just to completely disregard China just because they can't get into the U.S. market. I don't know. That's just my two cents. I think if you're a U.S. investor investing in NEO, kind of sketchy. But if you actually are investing in NEO, actually own NEO, I think that NEO itself will actually be, I think they will swim. Mm. Not because of their financials. I think because of their ties to China. That's interesting. And there you go, guys. That is our SWOT analysis of NEO. Now, if you guys have any opinions about our analysis or want to learn more, leave a comment down below. And we'll check them out and let you know what we think. And let us know if you want us to do an analysis on another company. And who knows, it might just be featured in a later installment of the 202A podcast. So if you want more free advice, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And follow us on Facebook to get the latest material. I'm Vince. And I'm Teasin'.